we had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. We know that the people who are dying from this from this uh, disease. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. You've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 21st day of January, the year of our Lord, 2022. I am Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams. Unfortunately, we were expecting to have the fan favorite, Marty Foster. He was supposed to be back with us today, but uh, due to circumstances beyond his control, he's unable to make it. So you get Bruce and I. Bruce, how are you today? Well, healthy, alive, doing well. Um, disappointed not to see Marty, but... Uh understandable given the situation yeah um, yeah it is it is uh that, that's okay he did he did tell me rest assured he will be back next week um our own gp though is down with uh with covid uh, i spoke to him today for about an hour uh he is well um quite frankly this is you know they talk about like long covid i think he's got this or whatever it is that that's going on he said he's been sick since new year's which is pretty substantial uh and he's he's uh he's self-medicating he's trying to get his way through it but um he says all the usual symptoms like the loss of taste and smell and uh running a fever and things like that he says he doesn't have any of that he's just got like this ridiculous cough that's just hanging on uh and he's got like the brain fog and some other stuff you know some vertigo but i think that's attributed to something else he's dealing with but uh that's that's what he's mixed up with at the moment uh yeah uh long covid is usually associated with the damage that covid did while it was in your body um so hopefully it's not that mm -hmm. um hopefully it's and, just a you know sinus infection or something but yeah yeah everybody that i know uh pretty much uh with the exception of like one or two everybody i know that has been double or tripled at this point as far as jabs go they're all sick all of them are sick. The ones that GP knows that are double and triple jabbed. And he says they're he says now he literally told me this today. He said the argument over there is now becoming the ones that are jabbed four times are arguing with the ones that want a fifth one. That, that's that's literally where they are is that. But everybody he knows that's been jabbed is, is down sick. Everybody. Uh, actually, the few of the people that I know that are um, more. Uh, well, of the older generation, they don't get out as much as uh, younger generations. Um, they're down with, uh, well, they were down with uh, flu-like symptoms. So it could easily have been just the cold or the flu or COVID. Uh, who knows? In today's environment, it's COVID. But I have other family members that I know that have COVID as well. They weren't jabbed and their symptoms were a mild cough, a fever for 24 hours, and that's about it. Yeah. And I also talked to some people in the very beginning. They said, uh, yeah, I took DayQuil for like three days and I went back to whatever I was doing. Yeah. I, I didn't take anything other than vitamins when I had it and um, it was gone pretty quick. So, uh uh huh. I asked him if he was taking any supplements uh, or anything like that, and he said that uh, just as you know, he does his usual like vitamin supplements every day. He says nothing outside of that. He's worried about uh, allergic reactions to anything else because of other stuff that he's taking for something different. Uh, and I I don't blame him. You know, I, I don't blame him for that. But uh, I got I got a sh I got a show yesterday of somebody that was double jabbed 
and was looking for the booster, had their booster appointment booked and everything. And guess what? They came down with COVID. They were in utter shock that they were sick. They couldn't believe it. They said, well, wh huh? What's what's going on? No, no, I, I've 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 got I've got the vaccine. No, I, I'm, I'm good. You don't want to listen is your problem. You don't want to listen. Everybody that I know in my circles, vaccinated or unvaccinated, I tell them all the same. The vaccine does not protect you from catching COVID, nor does it protect you from transmitting it, nor does it reduce your symptoms. There is no data supporting any of that. It, there is data supporting it for the alpha variant. That's it. Everything else, it, it, it doesn't support it. And alpha is pretty much burned out at this point. The the What we're seeing going around right now is uh, Delta and Omicron. So, yeah. Bruce, how do you feel about doing things for the greater good? Because we're, we're talking about vaccinations, and that's been the talking point occasionally in the media is about, oh, you know, do we need to mandate mandate this with everybody? Do we need to do it for the greater good? Do we need to, um, you know, do, do we need to to shame people, as uh, as, as certain commentators put it, uh, on these mainstream networks? Do we need to do that? Do we, do, we need to, do we need to demean people in public to make them feel bad and guilt trip them into... Uh, uh, into conforming. What are your thoughts? So if you present me with the data and the information and allow me to make my own decision on what I think is best for myself and the greater good, I have no issue. That's fine. Uh, however, if you deem yourself as a government that um, decides that you cannot go to work or you cannot whatever because COVID, because of the greater good, those are fighting words. Yeah. That, that's that's my perspective on it. So in okay. other words, if you allow me to make the decision, it's fine. But okay. if you try to coerce me or force me, those are fighting words. Okay. All right. I give you CNN's own Don Lemon. We have to start doing things for the greater good of society and not for idiots who think that they can do their own research or that they are above the law and they can break the rules. Australia, Novak Djokovic. Australia said, no, 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 we're going to look at the greater good of everyone in our society. And you're not part of that. You know, yesterday we talked about CNN forming a disinformation team. And then you, you listen to that and you you balance that against what you said, as in show me the data, not necessarily I'm going to do all my own research. Show me what you've got. Show me what conclusion you came to. And then I'll make my decision based on that. There's no argument. There's there's no show me the evidence and show me the data and show me the science behind it. It's do this for the greater good of society or we're going to shun you. Uh, first of all, I'm not going to listen to a dude that sexually assaulted a bartender. Um, that's that's first. Second of all, as I said, those are fighting words. The coercion is uh, I mean, it's 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 doubling down. The UK is dropping all of their restrictions. But you know what? I've got my suspicions and I, my suspicions in this regard are usually never wrong because what have we talked about from the start? It's something called successive approximation where they grab control of something and then they let go of it slightly, but they don't let go of all of it. And then they clamp down on it harder later. That's exactly what they're doing. That's exactly what they're yeah. doing. The people in the UK, if you think that these politicians and government, honestly, anywhere for that matter, I don't care if they drop it there or in Australia or Canada or wherever. It doesn't matter. They're all playing the same game here. Now, they might be doing it faster in some places and, and slower in others, 
But nonetheless, they're all following the same script. They're all saying the same things. There's no reason to think that the people that have spent decades and spent trillions upon trillions of dollars to get us to this point are just going to walk away. That's not going to happen. That is not going to happen. I think the agenda shift is on the horizon. It's definitely on the horizon. You notice we went through an entire podcast yesterday. We didn't mention COVID really at all because we were finally starting to talk about other things. Well, added to the fact that we're just sick of it, but things are starting to shift. You notice that now the COVID narrative is failing. They're going to shift everyone's direction over to, well, what happens when you have failing domestic policies? Well, you just stir something up in a foreign conflict. Uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. I want to play this last clip here of um, Dan Andrews, premier of Victoria in Australia. Uh, it's very short. Uh, this just echoes what he said the other day. Uh, please go and make an appointment. Please go and get a booster. Please go and get that third dose. That'll keep you safe uh, and see these numbers stabilise and indeed come down. Plus, of course, protect us against whatever variant is next. Whatever variant is next. You see what I mean? Successive approximation. They're going to throw another one at you. Quite frankly, I heard this one. Now, you can mark this one down. I, I want to see if this is true. I don't know if this is true, but mark this one down. I heard somebody who is supposedly in the know, and I want to see if this actually comes to pass. I want to see if this actually happens. I want to see if the next thing that they throw at us as far as uh, variants or something, I want to see if they throw something different. Let's see if they throw a curveball this time. This is what someone has projected that they're going to do. They're going to play some kind of avian flu, as in like one of the H's, you know, the H1, H5N, whatever. I, I think H5N6 is the the new avian flu that's out of China right now. Uh, I think that's that could be the one that they're going to play. But I heard this person say that this is going to now be a threat from the U.S. southern border. And we all know what a nightmare the southern border has been in recent months. So Let's mark that one down. Let's just let's just make a little timestamp here. Let's mark that one down and let's see if that actually happens. Whatever variant may be next. Well, COVID's not going anywhere. Let's try a fresh new virus, shall we? I'm just guessing. To that, um, there's kind of a because one of the things they've been trying to push is digital passports, you know, for the, the vaccine passports and everything. I'm curious if their next narrative they're still pushing for the, the digital ID. I know that's still a thing. They still want that really bad. I think that's coming um, regardless. It's just a matter right at this point of what form that's going to take and who's going to be in charge of that infrastructure. I think we're headed to a digital ID regardless, yeah. whatever way this goes. So with that in mind, uh, with with the narrative shifting, uh, I, I've seen today that um, the IRS is going to, this summer, require Everyone that wants to look at their tax returns online, you you have to have an ID.me account set up. Uh, so basically, you have to go through the process and get an ID. You need your driver's license, your you know, uh, or state ID, whichever birth certificate, you know, all that fun stuff, and then a photo ID uh, of yourself, uh, passport, works, driver's license, um, and then you have to have a, a a high enough resolution webcam photo or a cell phone selfie to identify yourself with. And then, you know, they do their algorithm nonsense and all that. And that's what you use to log in to do your tax returns uh, online, at least. I, I, I'm, I'm thinking that's how they're going to really try to push it now is they're going to start having more agencies that we are, quote unquote, mandated. We have to um, interact with. They're going to require some form of digital ID system that they happen to run. The people that run um, ID.me, I'm typically supportive of um, veterans, soldiers. 
Um, I'm typically supportive of them. This one is where I draw the line on supporting military, ex-military, whatever. When you're empowering the government and helping them, uh, well, control us, I have an issue with you. You're, you're no different than they are. Anyway, all that to say, it's a, a ex-ranger uh, that um, owns this business and uh, is running at the ID.me. So it's a third party doing the facial recognition that the IRS will use. That's we, we, we haven't had any problems. People, yeah. That's run by former military, yeah. That, that's fairly deep. Rangers is fairly deep mm -hmm. in the military. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I don't know. Uh, does anybody have any problem with, you know, having um, all of that ID tying you on the web, potentially having hackers? I mean, that's everything they need to, you know. Of course not. Of I course not. I mean, you. it's not. No, 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 no. See, I think, Bruce, you're just being paranoid. That, that's all. That's all I'm hearing coming out of you is just paranoia. It's not like the one country in South America that uses all digital IDs for their entire population. Uh, I believe it's Argentina. It's not like a single hacker broke in and stole everybody's ID in the no. nation and put it up no, for that, sale that, on the dark. It's not like that. Happened. No, of course mm. not. No, because no, it's no. secure. No, no, the, it's secure. Yeah, yeah. This, this company, this company is saying that Everything's fully encrypted. The The servers are partitioned. So it's going, the hackers won't be able to get a hold of this information. It's right. not going to happen. Sure. And yet, and yet we have um, weebs on the, like in their basements, in the mother's basement, going in and hacking into the uh, the NSA, the IRS. Weebs. Yeah, weebs. Yeah, weebs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that's um, for those that aren't, aren't uh, cultured. Uh, weebs are the uh, variant of, of, um, shall we say, uh, um, males that uh, live in the mother's basement that enjoys uh, things like anime and, you know, oh, those, you mean those, those types. Got it. Got yeah, it. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not, they're, they're not as um, active as Antifa, shall we say. No, that's true. Usually. Yeah, that's true. Well, Antifa is not really active this time of year in the Northern Hemisphere either because, you know, it's cold out there. I mean, it's, yeah, it's a little cold. Yeah, they, yeah they, need to, they need to stay in there where it's warm. They don't, I mean, they're not fat. I mean, all that crack usage, I mean, you know, it's, it causes you to lose it's weight. It's true. So. You, you, you yeah. do lose weight. Well, you, you don't do. You don't usually eat on crack, do you? No, you don't. No, I've, I've dealt yeah. with my fair share yeah. of them uh, throughout the years. And it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite substantial what that does to the human body. <laughs> Let's get over to China, shall we? Um, you mentioned there about digital IDs. I wasn't really going to bring this up today unless somehow the conversation went there and you just kind of unknowingly pushed it there. So I just happened to have this up on my desk. So let's take a look at it. Uh, Beijing, uh, the Beijing Games, yeah, the Olympics, getting ready to kick off over there. I mean, it's not like they have 100 million people in lockdown or anything or just down the road from where the Olympics are taking place. It's not like they have thousands of people welded into an office complex that they're not sending food to. It's not like that's happening or anything. No, of course not. A Beijing Games official, one of their Olympic officials, says that athletes will be punished for criticizing China. Speaking to reporters on Wednesday, Yang Shu said the... Uh, uh, who is the deputy director general of Beijing's 2022 International Relations Department, delivered an ominous warning that Olympians who, quote, violate the Olympic spirit will be punished by Chinese authorities. Well, it's good to know that China is now the, um, uh, the face of Olympic spirit. It's good to know that. He went on to say, any expression that is in line with the Olympic spirit, I'm sure will be protected and anything and any behavior or speeches that is against the Olympic spirit, especially against Chinese laws and regulation, are also subject to certain punishment, he said in an interview to Reuters. Mm. Yeah. Um, if I were an Olympian, I'd be saying to my other Olympian friends, 
Uh, let's just boycott this one. I know it's you, you, you work your entire life to get there and this is kind of your one chance, but the, the powers that be don't seem fit to um, move the Olympics somewhere else. I don't know, to a nation that doesn't, um, that, you know, enslave an entire population, use them as, uh, you know, chop shop and, you know, sell out their organs to other party members that need them. Well, quote unquote, need them. Yeah. Uh, you go out and party so much that you need a new liver. Well, that's all right. We've got a whole slew of livers available for you. Um, well, it, it, it's just my, my point is, is you might be asking, how are they even going to know this? How, how's that even possible? Well, see, there, there's a uh, there's a mandatory app that you're going to have to put on your phone when you get there. If you're not not only if you're an Olympian, but if you're an attendee, if you're just a person that wants to go and watch the Olympics, you have to put this app on your phone. Uh, now, it's not designed to, um, to I guess, uh, get into your privacy or anything like that. It's, no, of course not. It's not designed for that. It's simply designed to track the health and vaccination status of anybody that attends such events. They've said that it, it might leak some data, but they're not, you know, 100% sure on it. They, they, it might leak some data, though, just a little bit, though. I'm not, I'm not, too, not too sure how they're going to classify just a little bit. But according to a research associate, Jeffrey uh, Knockle, I think is his name, Knockle, whatever. The worst case scenario is that someone is intercepting all the traffic and recording all of the passport details and all of the medical details. At the same time, the People's Republic of China Olympics official has warned athletes any behavior or speeches against Chinese laws and regulation will be subject to certain punishment, which is exactly what we just said. I mean, there can't be anything wrong with this, can there? No, I mean, this, this is for your safety and the safety of everyone else. And the, and the, the um, how, how, did, how did she put it? The tranquility of the community, of course. I know that reporters that are going to attend are bringing burner phones. They're not bringing their own phones. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, if reporters are a little sketched by it, you know, the... <laughs> The, the wonderful left-leading reporters that uh, have brought us some fantastic journalism over the last decade or so. Um, if they're concerned about it, uh, you know, again, why are we, why are we sending our, our citizens into a nation that is actively enslaving people, actively kidnapping and using those people as body parts for others, you know, just chop shop? Why are we, uh, why are we condoning that? that? That's basically what's going on here. It's simply it, 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 it because they want to admit their failure. No, it, it shouldn't baffle you. It, it shouldn't baffle you because the people that have done this, the ones that have sold us out, the ones that have built China up that can no longer control it, they don't want to admit their own failure. And so in order to save face, they're going to keep with that lie. It's just like when you go to war based on a lie. It doesn't matter what you're at war for anymore. Once you're in, you're fighting based on that lie because you're at war. It's the same thing here. Different context, but it's the same principle. You know what it usually takes to, to you know, get a bully to uh, stand down? Um, yeah, I do. Knock yes. the teeth out. Yeah. That, that usually gets them to stand down. But it's kind of the same situation here. I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe these um, Olympians should stand up and, like, get a bunch of them together and just like, look, we're all going to boycott it unless you move it. I mean, you don't have any Olympians. You don't have any Olympics. Seems fair to me. Despite what's going on with the Olympics that are upcoming, despite that, despite the fact that they've got 100 million in lockdown in China and a lot of those have been uh, put into lockdown in Beijing, despite that, the Chinese Communist Party have allowed a mass exodus from Beijing amid the spiking cases. 
I can't see anything wrong with that. Can you? They're just going to let everybody out. No, it's, that's fine. Uh, the South China Morning Post quoted the uh, quoted the Chinese railroad officials uh, anticipating nine million passengers traveling in and out of Beijing, more than twice as many as it handled last year. Beijing residents pronounced themselves undeterred by rigorous checks, COVID checks, uh, elaborate paperwork demands from schools and employers, lockdowns imposed uh, across the country, and measures intended to deter travelers from visiting some areas that are not fully locked down. A woman in Beijing told the South China Morning Post that it was a lot of trouble getting out of the city with her nine-year-old daughter, but it was worth the effort because life will be more inconvenient with the opening of the Winter Olympics. Now, see, it'd be inconvenient. Uh, those inconveniences include traffic systems and movement restrictions intended to create a, quote, closed loop or bubble around the Olympics by carving out a rather inconvenient chunk of the city. So you're not going to be able to do anything in there. So that, that's what that's what it's all about. That's why people are leaving, because they're not going to be able to do anything. They're going to lock down everything in there. Uh, and because the TV cameras and the media and everybody, the world press are going to be there, it's a great way for them to show how they're respecting COVID restrictions. Yeah, they'll show that they're respecting COVID restrictions because there'll be nobody there, as you're just saying. Everybody's leaving, so... I want to say mm. it was the was it like it was the Winter Olympics or something. Just uh, or no, was it the was it the Summer Games? Something. There was some event that we were watching over the summer, and there was a uh, there was a woman in there who was uh, she was a, a con she was a co uh, competing athlete, and it was basically it was North Korea inside there. You couldn't do anything. You literally couldn't oh, do yeah. anything. You were basically yeah, yeah. in prison. You could go outside with a mask on and you, by yourself and you could walk 150 meters up and down a, a little stretch there. Uh, and you had to be monitored the entire time. It was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. I can't remember what it was. But here's my question. Th this is a good question. So we're watching the Australian Open. We see tennis stars falling there because of cardiac issues. We see footballers that are falling because of cardiac issues. We're seeing rugby players that are falling because of it. American basketball players, high school players of all sports. What are we going to see at the Olympics? Because you know just as well as I do, all of them have to be jabbed. So what are we going to see at the Olympics? Are we going to see any problems with the Olympics, do you think? Honestly, yeah. I, I think we're going to have we're going to see problems with, with the Olympics. With the athletes? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think we're going to see that. If, if they're going to, if they're mandating jabs for all the athletes, yeah. I think we'll see we'll see problems. Well, you have to. Um, to to travel internationally, you have to, especially to China, I think. Yeah, so I imagine we're probably going to see problems. I don't know I I don't know that it's going to be the same level as what we were seeing with um uh soccer or football for uh those outside the US because there's just so many in football. Uh they you know, that's a pretty big sport. Yeah. You may I don't know because it's a smaller statistically speaking, smaller sample size, you're going to have fewer numbers. So uh, we won't see the same numbers, but the statistics will be about the same, uh, you know. So, yeah, we'll, well, I, I think we'll see some potentially from the Western uh, from the Western uh, mm -hmm. teams. Yeah. Um, OK, so. Uh, oh, man, I, um, I I'm not sure I want to go this direction, but, you know, it was going to go this way. Biden's press conference. Uh, this is. Um, <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start with this. Uh, so what did we say earlier? If in doubt you're having failing domestic policies, what do you do? Well, you stir up some nonsense and some foreign affairs. That's what you do. So all eyes are on Ukraine. That's what's next. I think that's that's the next play. Economic warfare is where we're headed. Because the shelves are now starting to go bare, 
Uh, and we'll get to those quotes here in a minute. He talked about the bare shelves, bare shelves, Biden. Should we start there or, or should we go to the straight to the Ukraine stuff? Should, should we start with the bare shelves and just get that out of the way? Well, I mean, we got a whole list of things that he talked about there that we could get to that were all lies. Well, the media talked about his press conference, but they didn't play any clips of it. I mean, that pretty much says a lot right there, doesn't it? OK, so he addressed uh, he addressed price increases, I suppose. Let's just start with that. The bottom line, if price increases are what you're worried about, the best answer is my Build Back Better plan. Right, right. Um not to mention the fact that your Build Back Better plan is what is causing shortages and prices to increase. Mm. No, no, the, the shortages are COVID. That's because right. of COVID well, it's the unvaxxed. and People it's are the unvaxxed. sick. Yeah, it's the unvaxxed. Right, right. That, that's what exactly. Yeah, you're so, absolutely right. Where yeah. are my manners? Yeah, yeah. Where are my manners? Yeah. We should just we should just do what Don Lemon said. Where are my manners? Uh, to go along with that, with the price increase of uh, uh, things and whatnot, um, inflation. Uh, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Inflation's up, I don't know, uh, what, two and a half times more than mm -hmm. uh, probably about the average or so mm -hmm. over the last decade. Yeah. Um, it was not on a steady increase. It it shot up. It was literally, when you look at the graph over the last decade, it's kind of like grass, if you will, you know, the, the ups and downs a little bit kind of, you know, and then you have that one giant spike. That is totally normal. This is what Biden had to say on inflation. And for the first time in a long time, this country's working people actually got a raise, actually got a raise. People, right. afford the bottom 40 percent saw their income go up the most of all that got a raise. That's exactly what it is right there. Everybody got a raise. So therefore, I mean, that, that's why you're seeing the price increases, because everybody got a raise. That's what it is. Right. So, OK, so we're seeing price increases. Uh, or, or excuse me, wages are going up, right? Wages are While increasing, prices, not prices. No, 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 not prices. Right. It's wages but that are increasing. Prices are going up too, though, with inflation. So wages are going up, but so is inflation. No, inflation is so transitory. you're having this. Uh, yeah, but they've admitted now that it's not transitory. <laughs> it's not transitory. Uh, yeah. Um, so in other words, inflation is taxation, basically. Uh, it's a hidden tax you know, um, a wealth transfer. Look at, um, look at some of the wealthiest, uh, people, organizations, businesses, um, and look at how, how well they did over the last year or two, um, compared to you, uh, or compared to any other business, uh, small businesses, uh, you know, look at the, uh, mom and pop shops were told to shut down and you had the major businesses like Walmart, um, they stayed open. You know, you had, um, what's her face? Uh, uh, Pocahontas, what's her name? Um, Elizabeth Warren. Elizabeth Warren. Uh, she was saying she was um, complaining about um, uh, Kroger because Kroger made something like nine hundred million dollars more. Yeah, it was those in, rich in corporate owners. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, are, that are stealing um, uh, money from the uh, American families that are trying to buy food. Yes, right. Uh, the problem is when you look at Kroger. Uh, number one, you look at the profit margin that they have, and the profit margin that they have is like. 1.5%. It is absolutely wretched as far as a business. You, you do not, that is horrible for a, a, the average business here in the US is like a 10% profit margin. That's the average. Restaurants is about 5% and uh, grocery stores are, are about 1.5. Um, it wasn't because they were raising prices that they had the, the increase. It's because more people were buying food. It was more people buying stuff. You weren't allowed to go out to restaurants. So what do you got to do? You have to buy food to cook at home, right? 
That's what was happening is people were buying more from the the grocery stores. It's just anyway, uh, that was the side note, side trail. Uh, as the as the wages keep going up with inflation going up, you're not making more money. In fact, the average right now, because of inflation and everything, even with wage increases, the average is uh, the the money you take home every year is about five thousand dollars less than it was uh, the previous year. I had somebody telling me from uh, from Ohio the other day. They went to um, they went to get in their truck and go to work. And snow. I mean, they got they got hit with a heavy snowstorm up there. Uh, they got in their truck to go to work. They left. They had to be at their office at six, and they left their house. This I think it's maybe like a normally like a thirty minute drive, like a 20, 30 minute drive to their office. They left their house. I want to say it was like an hour and a half before they were supposed to be at their office, and they barely made it in time because the state road people haven't touched the roads. They're having staffing shortages. In all my years, I have never seen state jobs become so readily available. Every time that you look at somebody that has a state job, the first question I've always heard asked to those people is, how'd you get that? How'd you get that? I I want one of those jobs. And you couldn't really get one of those jobs unless you knew somebody. That was the only way. Now the states are are just begging for people to come to work. So what are we doing? What, what are we doing? They're, they're paying good. I mean, over the holiday weekend with the snow that happened in Ohio, do you know how much money you're making if you go in and go to work? You're in there on a weekend, so you're getting time and a half. You're getting, uh, you're getting the overtime pay. You're getting holiday pay. You're walking around making bank if you're plowing roads for the state. Question. Did, uh, did they have any kind of vaccine mandate? That would be my next question. Is that right there? Did they have any kind of vaccine mandate? I don't know if the state of Ohio with DeWine, the useless governor over there, I don't know if they went with a vax mandate for state employees. You're probably pulling it really quickly. I don't know. I know that some states have done that. Uh, places like New York, obviously, California, the state of Washington, Oregon, th- those places. Usually the blue states have done that. But the red ones haven't, and Ohio's red. It's a it's a red state. Uh, but DeWine it wouldn't surprise me because the guy was uh, a nut job over the last year with COVID restrictions. So last report was September of last year that I see on this. Uh, DeWine was saying he would not institute it. Okay. Anyway, um, supply chain shortage. You have wage increases causes cost of things to go up right? Your cost of living goes through the roof. Supply chain shortages. Do I have to tell anybody that the supply chain is being disrupted? Do I have to tell anybody that? Failing domestic policies. Failing domestic policies. They're looking to redirect. They can't hide the empty shelves. Bare shelves Biden was the number one trend on the left wing stronghold of Twitter last week. Even the hard left are calling this joker out for what he's doing. Biden on the supply chain crisis. And shelves were stocked. And notwithstanding the recent storms that have impacted many parts of our country, yeah, snow the share of right. goods in stock at stores is 89% now, which uh-huh. has barely changed from the 91% before the pandemic. Right. I often see empty shelves being shown on television. Uh-huh. 89% are full, which is only a few points below what it was before the pandemic. Well, you see, you see the the the, uh, the, the shelves. I mean, the, the the bare shelves that he often sees on on the television. There, um, that's normal. That's that's normal. That's that's barely anything lower than what it was before COVID. Um, did you have any problems with bare shelves and availability before COVID, or do you have problems now? What is a pound of meat 
what does a pound of red meat cost you now in the United States and in certain parts of the country? A friend of mine was telling me just the other day that a, uh, a one pound pack of uh, just hamburger meat, just ground chuck, is $21 for a pound of ground beef. $21. I don't ever recall ground beef costing $21. Hell, where I'm at, I've got a pound of ground beef downstairs in the fridge that I'm going to use tomorrow. I didn't pay that. I paid a few bucks for it. I think it's six bucks here, roughly. Well, yeah, but you're in the middle of cow country, so I expect that. Yeah. Yeah, but it's still high. That's still high. Yeah, that's still higher than what yeah. it should be. Yeah. I mean, getting getting like a, a T-bone steak or something like that, when you bought it from the store, it was... 10 bucks maybe yeah and that's, uh, that's about that's been about the same over the last few years yeah I mean, that's, that's been about the same that's not it's 15 dollars a pound now jeez well red meat will be a rare delicacy comrade that's that's what it'll be yeah. you know you're gonna you're gonna eat bugs and you're gonna you're gonna eat weeds and things like that you're gonna eat yeah insects and everything that, the world bank just did a presentation on that you should have seen the look on bruce's face when i was showing it to him he's over there just like dipping his tea bag in his in his yes. cup and he's, you could just see the look yeah. of just like disgust on his face like just give me five minutes in a room with these people <laughs> yeah yeah that that's uh yeah good summarization of uh what i was feeling in that moment uh-huh. now, to be fair though i do agree with the greenhouse part i do agree with uh trying to find ways to b- grow food better and uh, you know on a personal keep, level reducing like the amount that. of yeah uh, keeping keeping out the pesticides and herbicides and all of those kind of things, you know, have a controlled environment where you can grow those things. They have the same nutrients and you can grow them year round. I'm totally OK with trying to find ways to do that. Um, but I have a problem with, um, you know, saying I'm not going to have any more red meat. Uh, instead, you're going to have to eat, eat insects. Wire brush. Um, OK, let's. Um uh, let's get to the uh, let's get to the, uh, the the stirring up of uh, foreign entanglements because we're we're too much of a uh, of a um, of a coward to admit our failing domestic policy. So let's let's stir up a conflict in uh, in Eastern Europe, shall we? Biden on um, threatening Russia with financial penalties uh, if Moscow decides to go into Ukraine. I've already shipped over six hundred million dollars worth of sophisticated equipment, defensive equipment to the Ukrainians. The cost of going into Ukraine in terms of physical loss of life for the Russians, they will be able to prevail over time, but it's going to be heavy. It's going to be real. It's going to be consequential. Going to be heavy. It's going to be real. It's going to be consequential. Uh, they'll be successful over time. Does that mean that he intends to just, well, you just come on in and take what you want? That means um, the U.S., it, it basically, what he just signaled there is the U.S. is going to do nothing to help Ukraine. You you may have it. You're just going to have a speed bump of the populace that is there at Ukraine. That's basically all he was saying. Now, my question is, because, you know, vice president, um, ex-previous vice president, um, he, uh, he sent over blankets uh, to Ukraine. Uh, they did not actually send any kind of weapons or uh, defensive hardware. They sent blankets. Mm-hmm. Um, so my question is, uh, they're, they're sending over uh, more sophisticated equipment over there. Is it uh, electric blankets this time? Could be. Uh, unless, the, I mean, I think those electric blankets, they're called in-laws or something. Yeah. I don't believe him for a second. They may have sent over equipment. Uh, that, that may be true. But what did you send? Is it did you send something that's legitimately going to help Ukraine when we kind of have uh, a deal? You know, this is the other thing. Wouldn't you think they would be more 
adamant about protecting Ukraine because they have so much dealing going on in Ukraine? They're making so, or have they made their bucks and they're now out of Ukraine? Because they tried to set up that whole, uh, you know, uh, uh, what was it, the justice system or whatever they, yeah, they were yeah, trying yeah. to set up yeah. in Ukraine. Well, the entire, the entire thing was based on a few things. They, they needed to get some compromising factor in there. So that's what the Hunter Biden Burisma gas deal was all about. That was something to get their hooks in there. And that's what they got. So they set that up with John Kerry's son. And then you sent over the Podesta brothers to establish an office over there and then something about a chalupa I'm not sure but then uh, but then they set up the entire network of like the anti-corruption and all that stuff and then they were funneling money through there to send to a Ukrainian oligarch to fund a private army which quite frankly I think that's what was meant to happen was used to use that private army to menace the Russians in the Crimea that's what it was all about now billion is the amount of money that we're talking about here. That's not a lot of money to the trillions that we just throw around here in the West like it's going out of style. But in a country like Ukraine, you can fund an army for that kind of money because they have a lot of corruption. It's very despotic in a lot of respects. It's run by oligarchs and all the rest of it. But now Poroshenko is being dragged back to Ukraine to face treason charges. I don't think Poroshenko is guilty of treason. He just did business with the Bidens and they're trying to get him out of the way. Because he's going to squeal if this all goes bad. That's what the problem is. Yeah, he's a loose end. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm surprised. I would be surprised if we don't, if the U.S. doesn't send more or do more for the Ukrainians because of that fact. Because there's so much that could come out. You, you would think they want to, they want to protect their little, you know, um, moneymaker over there. So that's a, I don't, that's I don't, a, um, that's a pot. What they've done in Ukraine. To just expound upon that, what they've done in Ukraine, and this is pre-Trump, this is pre-Trump, they set the network over there up to get the Ukrainians into NATO and into the EU. That's what it was all about. Soros tried to do it with the color revolution. That failed. So they tried another way with it through the administration. They tried to set up a network over there and compromise the government. But that didn't work. Trump got in. That wasn't supposed to happen. Well, not only just did Trump get in, but the, the Ukrainian version of Trump, um, I, I feel like the, the Zelen- president's uh, Zelensky. 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 Yes. He's a comedian. Uh, he, he wasn't uh, a politician and he's been in there trying to root out corruption and everything. So he's trying to do right by the country. He's a Trump for them. Same situation. But Ukraine to the Biden administration and to the Obama administration and to the State Department is a pile of steaming bovine excrement is what it is. It's a big pile of it. And it stinks what they've done over there. And I quite frankly, I think the Russians are I, I think Putin's trying to poke at it. I mean, what happens if you see a cow patty out there in the middle of the field? It looks pretty harmless, right? It, it looks pretty harmless. Bruce, you know this. It looks pretty harmless. But if you go over there and you start poking it with a stick, oh man, are you going to smell that for days? Literally, you're going to smell it for days. I think that's what Pu- yeah. I think Putin's the stick. What do you think? I, I think that is a. I think that's a benefit to what he's doing. I, I think what he's really looking for is n- the night crawlers underneath the cow yes. patty. Yes. And no, well, let's go another step. I mean, He's not looking for the night crawlers. He's looking for the maggots that are housed up in yeah, there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's it's not just he's looking for that. He's also yes, he is wanting to usurp the country. Absolutely. I mean, they you know, uh, USSR. He wants to go back yep. to having yep. all of that land. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh but I think the the benefits of finding these little night crawlers underneath as well or the the maggots as you said. Night crawlers um, are actually I, I good. They have a purpose. Too, yeah, maggots uh, are useless. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I was thinking if he's fishing for uh, more control, more power, 
Um, and he's using those little bits to, to try to get more his hooks into the West more. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I think that's I think that's kind of what's going on is this is a um, it's a it's a it's a, it's a honeypot for for uh, this this whole thing for Putin and every it, it, it's yeah. Uh, I I don't see why he wouldn't want to go in and take it over, especially under this administration. Uh, the the Obama Biden administration didn't do anything really. I mean, they did fund um, a private army, but uh, more or less, this administration's not going to do anything. This guy's no. inept. We're going to get to that. Uh, this is Biden on what he's going to do to the Russians if they uh, if they invade. They make a if they invade, they're going to pay. They're not going, their banks will not be able to deal in dollars. So there's a lot's going to happen. But here's the thing. My conversation with Putin, and we've been, um, how can we say it? We have no problem understanding one another. <laughs> he has no problem understanding me, nor me, him. And the, and the direct conversations were, I pointed out, I said, you know, you've uh, occupied before other countries, but the price has been extremely high. How long? You can go in and over time, that great loss and economic loss, go in and occupy Ukraine. But how many years? One, three, five, ten? What what is that going to take? What toll does that take? It's real. It's consequential. So this is not all just a cakewalk for Russia. Militarily, they have overwhelming superiority in, on the, on, as, as it relates to Ukraine. But they'll pay a stiff price immediately, near term, medium term, and long term if they do it. Bruce, are you quaking in your boots after hearing those threats? Actually, what I'm thinking, if I'm Russia, is, um, you know, I've been storing up a lot of gold and oil. And uh, you know what? We're just going to start dealing in gold. We're going to start selling oil and gold. And we're not going to use the U.S. dollar anymore. They've been looking That's to do that. They've been looking to do that for a long time, though, the, the Russians. They've been looking for a way to get out of dollars for quite some time. And I think that's what the Chinese want. The Chinese, of course, they want everybody to dump dollars. And you're going to see, you think you got inflation in America now. The only thing that is keeping the United States from being Argentina right now is the petrodollar. The fact that all commodities in the world are traded in dollars. That is the only thing that's keeping hyperinflation out of the United States right now. So if you think that you're paying, what are you paying for a gallon of gas down there, Bruce, in your neck of the woods? I know it's an oil town and all. It's probably going to be cheaper than most of the other areas of the country, but it's a good bellwether. But no, it's yeah. fine. It's a, it's a good bellwether for where you are because you're an oil town. Uh, looks like 270, 280. 272. Let's go with 280. Let's go, okay. Let, all right. 279. Let's go with the, let's go with the high end of that. Let's go 279. Tomorrow morning. Hi, let me give you an idea. Hyperinflation. Tomorrow morning, that gas you just paid 279 for is now 2079. How fast do you think people are going to wake up then? If that's not enough, you pay 2079 today. Let's say, let's say you have enough in your pocket to get a couple of gallons, right? So you spend, you spend $45 to get a couple of gallons of gas. All right, fine. Then what? Then it goes to $279 a gallon. What are you going to do then? And it goes up from there. That's what hyperinflation is. And that's real. That is real. To your thing about, we've seen this happen in Venezuela uh, recently. So don't, don't, don't be like, oh, well, that can't happen here. You know, it's not happened for a long time. No, it's happened within the last decade or two. Uh, how long has it been now that Venezuela had that 
been with them the 20 years been with them uh, 20 years yeah that same thing with argentina it was it was about the same time yeah. i mean it went from oh the 90s really it, it went from just like overnight that happened in argentina argentina was a bustling metropolis with with business people and and high educated people lawyers in like versace suits and everything else and the next day the next day they were out in the streets in those same suits ready to kill each other over food because the inflation got so out of control so fast. I think it ended up being like a trillion dollars for a cup of coffee. I'm, I'm not joking. A trillion dollars for a cup of coffee is what it is down there. It's insane. It's absolutely insane. Uh, you remember the old statement, riches in Argentine? Yeah. You see what happens and how fast it can go. Last clip here on Biden on uh, an incursion of the Ukraine. So I think what you're going to see is that Russia will be held accountable. If it invades, and it depends on what it does. It's one thing if it's a minor incursion and then we end up having a fight about what to do and not do, et cetera. Why does it what, like why, why do these people, the, the suicidal maniacs, why do these people want war with Russia so bad? Why them? The, the Putin has got to be smart enough. I, I refuse to believe that the man's not. The man ran the KGB. My God, you don't get to be head of the KGB if you're an idiot. The man has got to be very intelligent when it comes to playing politics. And I believe that he is. I, I'm not cheerleading for Russia here. Believe me, I'm an American 110% all the way. But uh, we're, we're lacking a little bit in the leadership department here. We don't have anybody that's willing to stand up to Putin. We don't have anybody that's willing to stand up to Xi. Biden and his administration are in pocket for Xi Jinping and the Chinese Communist Party. Putin has got to be, if I can see that, and I, my point is, is my, if I can see that and I'm down here and I'm just a lowly nobody, and then you've got weighing that against the former head of the KGB and the president of the Russian Federation, he's got to be able to see that. He's got to be able to see that Biden is the wedge being used by the CCP to drive a wedge in between Russia and the U.S., He's got to see that. Yeah, I, I think he does. Honestly, I, I think it's um, he's playing the game, trying to see how much he can get out of it. And I, I don't just mean him because he is, though he's um, enriching himself and other oligarchs to keep them in line. He's also, to a degree, helping his own nation, to a degree. He is a bit of a nationalist. I still think he cares about his country, even though he's, but he's still a, communist. You know. He's still communist. Yeah. So that said... I think he's playing the game and he's trying to see how much he can get out of it for, like I said, for himself and his country. So, yeah, I think he sees it. I think he knows. He has to. Regardless of what you think about Putin or, or Russia, Putin is a smart political player. He's he's very good at it. Again, at that level, it's all politics. It's how good you are. And and Russian politics, if you look at the history of it, it's fascinating. It is it is I'll just put it this way. It is cutthroat when it comes to Russian politics, much more ruthless than what we are here in the West. The people in the, let me put it this way, to, to put to put Russian politics and politics in the Far East, to put that against Western politics, Western politicians don't have the stomach for that kind of stuff that's happened in Russian and Chinese history when it comes to politics. They don't. They just don't. So after all of that statement of uh, Biden, the immediate press release after, of course, it was all over and Biden couldn't take any more questions, which we'll get to one of those here in just a minute. Uh, after that was all over, uh, we'll, we'll do a couple of the Q&A things. I picked out a couple that are that are pretty good. So we'll do a couple of those. Um, the White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki released a statement on Biden's behalf because I'm sure he's, he meant all of this the way that she puts it. She says that she wants to um, he wants to clear up any aggression towards Ukraine when it comes to Russia. Uh, president Biden has been clear with the Russian president. If any Russian military forces move across the Ukraine border, that's a renowned invasion. Or excuse me. That's a renewed invasion. And it will be met with a swift, severe and united response from the United States and our allies. 
President Biden also knows from long experience that the Russians have an extensive playbook of aggression of short military action, including cyber attacks and paramilitary attacks. And he affirmed today that those acts of Russian aggression will be met with a decisive reciprocal and united response. Didn't you take that away from what Biden was saying, Bruce? She cleared it up, but I mean... That just reaffirms what he was saying. Isn't that what you took away? Yeah, that's not anything I took away from that. Uh, What I took away from the Biden speech was, uh, here you go, Russia. We're not going to do anything. Go go for it. You know, the uh, the Ukrainian officials last night were uh, were quite upset from what they were hearing out of uh, out of Biden at that podium. Uh, They're saying, what what are you doing? What what are you doing? You're basically offering us up to, to the Russians. Are you out of your mind? Uh, there was a White House source that spoke to Jack Posobiec. He tweeted on the matter, and he said that all the back channels and everything are uh, were just lit up last night after it, saying, what an effing mess. And it is. It is. Now we're going to go and we're going to stir up some some nasty little war somewhere because you dumbasses want to save face? You, you want to you wreck the rest of the country economically, financially? You've already done enough as far as as wrecking everything for decades to come under the current system that I don't even think is salvageable at this point. So now what? Now what? Now we're going to take the uh, the advice of the banker boys and we're just going to create this massive worldwide depression? For what? For what? You selfish little bastards. You spoiled little children, as I said the other day, are about to get smacked in the face because you don't get to do this kind of nonsense with the populace awake the way it is. You don't get to do this kind of nonsense and get away with it. You understand? Biden took a couple of questions at his press conference, which we will get to now. Now, Bruce, how do you think that he's performed during his first year as president? I'll ask you that before we get to the question. How do you think that the president has performed during his first year in office? Do you think it's been satisfactory? I'll just ask you that. Um, well, since you put it that way, no, it hasn't been satisfactory. No, um, no not, not at all. Uh, but based on how he words it here, I completely agree with how he words it. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see how he worded it. Uh, your signature domestic legislation is stalled in Congress. In a few hours from now, the Senate, uh, an effort in the Senate to deal with voting rights and voting, uh, voting reform legislation is going to fail. COVID-19 is still taking the lives of 1,500 Americans every day. And the nation's divisions are just as raw as they were a year ago. Did you overpromise to the American public what you could achieve in your first year in office? And how do you plan to course correct going forward? Why are you such an optimist? Look, I didn't overpromise, and but I have probably uh, outperformed what anybody thought would happen. Oh, the fact of the matter is that uh, we're in a situation where uh, we have made enormous progress. You mentioned the number of deaths from COVID. Well, it was uh, three times that not long ago. It's coming down. Everything's changing. It's getting better. Clearly, you were right, Bruce. He's, you see, he's, if anything, he's overperformed uh, and outperformed uh, all, I agree. all speculation. Yeah, he's, he's outperformed. That, that's, that's true. This guy's like the gift that keeps on giving. That's true. Yeah, I, I totally, and I'm not being, I'm not being facetious. I agree. He, he outperformed my expectations of him. I expected this government to be incompetent. I mean, you know, Afghanistan, the whole um, COVID narrative, uh, the economy, uh, He's 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 done an exemplary job at failing. And that's what I was expecting him to do is fail. I just didn't expect he would fail this badly. And on top of that, drag everybody else down with it, as in not just the U.S., but the Western world in general. Evidence of his overperformance, outperforming of whatever everybody expected him to do. This last question that he took just shores that up. 
school reopenings or closures become a potent midterm issue for Republicans to win back the suburbs? Oh, I think it could be, but I hope in God that they're, uh, that, look, maybe I'm kidding myself, but as time goes on, the voter who is just trying to figure out, as I said, how to take care of their family, put three squares on the table, stay safe, be able to pay their mortgage or their rent, et cetera, uh, has, is becoming much more informed on the, um, uh-huh. the motives of um, some of the political players and some of the uh, right and the political parties. Uh-huh. And I think that they are not going to be as susceptible to believing some of the outlandish things that have been said and continue to be said. You know, every every president, not necessarily in the first 12 months, but every president in the first couple of years, most every president, excuse me, of the last presidents, at least four of them, have had polling numbers that are 44 percent favorable. So it's this idea that, but you all, not you all, but now it is, well, Biden's at one poll showed him at 33 percent. The average is 44, 45 percent. One poll him at 49 percent. I mean, the idea that um, the American public are trying to sift their way through what's real and what's and what's fake. And I don't. Did you catch that? You know, in my head, I kept I kept um, hearing a car that, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to you turn the key. You know how the car is not turning over and it's just kind of that that's what that's all yeah, I was yeah. hearing every time he was that, that those four to five second pauses. That's what I was hearing. He really is a, a flashlight with dying batteries. I mean, it, it, it's literally that Joe Rogan's assessment was absolutely on the money. Yeah. Yeah. That's another good assessment assessment. Yeah. If that right there. If you're an American citizen, if that right there, if that I don't care what your political affiliations are, right, left, middle, I, I really don't care. If that right there doesn't make you hang your head in absolute shame and embarrassment, I don't know what will. I really don't know what will. Hey, at least we don't have mean tweets. Yeah. Yeah. Because orange man bad. That's right. When we don't want that. We certainly don't want that. I still hope he doesn't run. Oh, I agree. I, I don't want to see him run either. I would rather uh, as much as I said, I, I, I wouldn't vote for him. I would much rather see like Ted Cruz run, even though I don't trust him. He would be much better than Trump at, yeah. at, at this point. Yeah. All right. Uh, we are going to go ahead and call this one done. So I want to thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. So for anybody who would like to drop us a line, please do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Love to get your feedback. Good, bad, ugly, all the rest of it. So feel free to drop us a line. Everyone have a fantastic weekend. We will see you on Monday. If you're on Telegram, then Bruce and I will be on the exclusive tomorrow. We will see you tomorrow.